Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to another edition of Believe in Colts. With me, as usual, is my guy, Gerard Powers. And this episode, in place of uh, Rodney McLeod, we have a very, very special guest, uh, former Indianapolis Colts pass rusher, former NFL sack leader, Robert Mathis. Robert, how are you doing, my guy? Appreciate you being on the show today. I'm blessed. I'm doing awesome. I appreciate you guys having me on. All right, man, man, I appreciate you coming, man. I know uh, I know your time's valuable, so we're just going to jump right in it, man. We're in the off season. Everybody know the type of season we're coming off of. I uh, feel like we got, you know, some needs that, that that's out there that we need to get. In your opinion, what do you think the coach need first and foremost to get this thing back to where it uh, needs to be? Man, the engine to every every vehicle in the NFL is a quarterback. Uh, it starts and stops there. No, no QB, no chance. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of good options, a lot of good options, especially at the uh, number four spot where we're slated to draft. So I, it definitely starts at quarterback, and then come on, coming on down, you need a uh, edge rusher, left tackle, well, left tackle number two, edge rusher, and another uh, big time receiver. So oh. we got needs, a lot of them. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're talking about edge rushers. A lot of my questions are going to be focused a lot on that. We got a couple guys that are slated as free agents this year. Uh, one of them is Taekwon Lewis. He's had a problem with um, injuries. Obviously, he's tore his uh, ACL uh, different knees, different years, last two years. But when on the field, he's been play- pretty darn productive. What are your thoughts about uh, Indianapolis? Should they re-sign him and bring him back, or should they uh, look <laughs> elsewhere? Absolutely. He's not going to cost a lot. And matter of fact, I love Taekwon. I love what he brings. Uh, he's ultra reliable. And what you see is what you get because you know what you're going to get with him. Uh, yeah, he's Like I said, he's not going to cost a lot. Bring him back, and he know, he picks up on the scheme, and he has a high football IQ. So those are look, that, that, that's an intangible that you really can't measure. So once he gets healthy, he's going to give them exactly what they expect. So I would definitely resign him. But you also need a a, a big time edge guy opposite mm-hmm. Quiddy. Absolutely. Hey, so uh, just getting away from I guess uh, the team a little bit. In your honest opinion, you've been I, I would put you on the Mount Rushmore when it comes to pass rushers and uh, some of the guys that I, I would say QB feared <clears throat> every week when they know that you know they see your name as an opponent as an opponent. So uh, in today's game, since you, you've been around it since you retired, obviously everybody knows your resume and what you accomplished. How has today's pass rushes changed from your time when you played and uh, the era of pass rushes that you came up in? Man, it's a little tougher now, nowadays, because these soft-ass quarterback rules that they got in place, <laughs> man, you can't even breathe. You, you can't even hurt. You can't even say nothing to the quarterback without getting a flag, which is – and it was crazy. But I think Chris, the, the, the Chiefs lost to the Colts off of off a call at the end of the game where Chris Jones said something to Matt Ryan, and he got a, a unsportsmanlike. So that was just like, what the hell did he say to get a flag? But then you got the uh, strike zone. Then you have the runner protection. Then you have 
the referees. Then you have mm-hmm. don't forget don't don't forget the five bodyguards that you have. They have assigned to them that they get paid millions of dollars to, to stop. So it's a lot of rules in place to to keep the quarterback I guess healthy and upright. So that's a job in itself to get to the quarterback, then to get to him, and then and just be productive in today's game with 17 games. <laughs> right. So I think uh, what we did in the early 2000s, we kind of opened the door for the style of rushers that that, that, that we have today. The, the more emphasis on, on quick athleticism, mm-hmm. but the, these guys today they have a tough job with all the rules in place. Even even DBs not to get. Uh, sidetrack. You can't cut big, tall ass uh, offensive tackles coming <laughs> in, out, out in the flats, man. That's ridiculous to me. So that was my old man rant for for for, for like thirty seconds. So, <laughs> well, well, we might be building off that rant because I'm gonna build off that question a, a little bit, discussing those sack rules and the referees. I want to remind everybody that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, from the NBA, NFL baseball you name it they've got it you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at bet online bet online features live betting free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable we're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit make sure to use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your rewards bet online where the game starts. Do you feel like the referees that with the rules that they have in place that the NFL has given too much power to the referees to dictate how a game goes? Uh, I don't think it's changed much. I think the referees are just kind of imposing their will. And I think it, it, it does come from the, uh, the amount of leash that the NFL gives them to protect these quarterbacks. It's just... It's almost kind of. It's almost tough to watch. It's tough to watch, and I hate being the guy that 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 is always bitching about what's going on in the current NFL. But I I am that old guy that's that's doing a lot of bitching <laughs> because it's 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 tough to watch. It's I can watch a maybe a quarter before I'm on to to something else because of the you know some kind of flag that they thrown and which is some BS. And now I'm I'm I'm, I'm going off the rails. Uh, Twitter, I'm on Twitter typing. I'm just, I'm, I'm just going off the rails, man. But uh, these guys, they got their job cut out for them in today's game, and I, I salute them, man. Hey, man. So your skill set, your style of rushing, like you said, I think you was kind of before your time. I think your style of rushing and your skill set, your size in today's game that's what everybody's looking for, like you said. I mean, you cut on the combine, you see these outside pass rushers now running the four fives, running the four fours. And I remember you and Freeney used to argue about who was faster and, uh, <laughs> and, you know, and stuff of that nature. So I do think you guys was before your time and you played in a four, three system to where you was pretty much undersized uh, in a system your entire career. If you played in today's out of the hundred and what thirty sacks that you had in your career, if you came in today's game with the same longevity that you had, what what you think what you think your career would look like now? Even though you got a Hall of Fame career, what do you think it looked like in today's game? Oh, uh, it is. It, it, I, I, <laughs> hey, be honest now. Don't hold your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> man, man, with the with the yeah. 
it, it, it'll probably be in the 150s, 160s, and then you have the added game. And then, remind you, a lot of people don't take into effect, effect that we was humming in the, in the 2000s, mm-hmm. and near the end of the season, we kind of shut it down. We didn't play a lot of those games, or people a lot of people didn't don't don't really take that into consideration. So, I know Dwight and myself would definitely eat in this generation. Definitely eat. Uh, just like the moves that they do, we did. We was doing this stuff in the early two thousands. <laughs> we was doing this in the early two thousand. But now all of a sudden, it's, it's new. Uh, I guess with this ghost technique, man, we was doing that yep. in two thousand three, two thousand four. Uh, like the hand-to-hand combat, a lot of this stuff. I mean, it was it's you don't reinvent the wheel, but you just claim that you you invented it. So it's nothing new under the sun. So I definitely think we would eat and eat good, <laughs> eat greedy in this generation. So, but I like I said, salute to these guys. Get your For money, sure. and then they they get they get the money too. So that's another thing. Getting back to the uh, Indianapolis Colts and their pass rush on this uh, this past offseason, Yannick Ngakwe had nine and a half sacks on the season last year under Gus Bradley. Uh, they brought back Gus Bradley. Remember, Yannick missed the last few games due to being on IR. And I'm just curious, with him being a free agent, you talked about you need a you know another edge rusher uh, opposite pay. Do you bring back Yannick, or do you are you looking elsewhere in maybe free agency or the draft? Uh, I'm looking at how how does he fit with the unit. So mm-hmm. I don't like I said I wasn't I was I haven't been in that building in like two or three years, so I don't know uh, the dynamics of what's going on. But uh, you got Buckner, you got Quiddy, and uh, you got Yanni. Nine sacks is nine sacks, you know. So you cannot sneeze at that. So, but you also have he's he's also a guy that's been kind of four teams in four years, four, like four five teams in four years. So. There's something going on with that. Even though he has the production, there's something going on with that because you do not let pass rushers out the building. So that's one question that I have. If I if that answer can, if that can be answered, then that will give you the answer that you need. But the fact that he's a free agent, that he's not being hurried to sign to, to be signed, that, that that tells me a lot. So I definitely. Would, would like a, a, a stud guy opposite uh, Quiddy. And that's just to develop him as well because that, that youngster got a lot of tools. And uh, he needs to come see me. Hopefully he can get this message. You need to come see me, Quiddy. And uh, uh, sky's the limit for him, the forest, and uh, my favorite D lineman, uh, Grover Stewart. Mm. He had a good year. Nah, he had a good year. Mm-hmm. Hey, man, you spent 14 years with the Colts, and uh, I know what the Colts mean to you, ring of honor, you know, a lot of your experiences, a lot of helping you come through a lot of the stuff that you went through coming from Zone 6 back in east side of Atlanta and Huntsville at A&M. Uh, what, what does the Colts truly mean to you, and what have they done, to you for, done for you for these 14 years of your NFL career and with you being able to stay with one team your whole career? Because that's unheard of as well. Well, this is what it means to me. I had a house built in Atlanta to retire, to live happily ever after. Uh, I put it on the market to sell because I want to stay in Indianapolis. That's what the coast and the city and the state means to me. So I gave up my Georgia boy aspirations the rest of my life to be a Hoosier, whatever the hell a Hoosier is. So uh, just being like, for, you know, what the team and everybody here has, has done for me, just embrace me. 
And to be able to be the start and finish my career in one spot, and they gave me they gave me the option to do that. And so that means a lot. And um, also, I just want to pass on whatever I whatever the things that I learned from the organization on off the on the off the field. I want to pass that along in the, in the Indiana community. You talked about the uh, pass rush for the Indianapolis Colts being a top three need this offseason in the draft. Now, obviously, I don't think the Colts are going to spend their first round pick on a pass rusher, but say in the later rounds, uh, second through seven is an option. Are there any diamonds out there that you feel like the Indianapolis Colts should get a look at and possibly, you know, they may surprise some people coming out of college this this draft? There was a – I had a – an agent reached out to me about training this guy, and I really and I took a look at him. I said, "Man, he got it." But I don't think he he's getting some first round looks. But uh, Andre uh, Andre Carter out of Army, I think mm-hmm. Army. He's he's a guy. He 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 got it. But right now he can't put on a lot of weight or whatever because of military stipulations. But I think he's a, he can be a a really good sleeper. Even though when I say a first, second rounder, that's not a sleeper, but a guy that's 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 that has the caliber to be picked in the top five, but because and, of situations he wasn't. Uh, and you mentioned you got agents reaching out uh, to you to train. Talk about the gridiron gang and the importance it means to pass down the knowledge and the skills that you know to help some of these guys that might be coming up in the NFL that's already you know drafted or guys that got aspirations of getting to the NFL. Because I know you work with high school guys as well, a bunch of college guys. Just talk about the importance of giving back, uh, and especially coming from a future Hall of Famer like yourself, uh, that it means to the community and uh, what you do with gridiron gang. Well, gridiron gang. Our motto is skill, not scheme. So, you want we want to teach people enough football, give them enough skill to play in any scheme, and uh, that's on and off the field. Teaching, giving them the game, because I noticed when when I retired, the only thing that I missed about football was the locker room. Yep. And uh, just get just and it's like, bro, you got to do something. You just can't stop and just rest on your laurels once you retire because. You're so used to being on a clock. You're so used to doing something at different times of the year. And then now you just got to teach it. If you can't do it, you got to teach it. And so that's good enough for, for us. Myself and Dan Muir, we started this in 2018. Um, and this this really teaching uh, teaching them. We have three pillars is that we want to get, get across to them. Social media etiquette, dining etiquette, and financial literacy. These are three things that are pretty important into especially in today's uh athlete uh i remember coming in the nfl my dining and just simple as dining etiquette knowing a damn salad fork from a steak fork uh <clears throat> and how people look at that like teams you can go on a business dinner people look at your etiquette how you carry yourself and those are little things especially social media uh do not tweet something at age 15 that you're going to regret yeah. to pay for at age 25 Uh, Just teaching them the importance of foresight and especially, you know, goes without saying financial literacy. Uh, You give a lot of these athletes, they come from humble beginnings. You go to college, do your thing, and now you're an instant millionaire. and You don't know what to do with this money. (laughs) Besides spend it and and see these rappers and see these other guys wearing crazy ass clothes pregame and stuff like that. And spending your money on that type of stuff versus spending versus saving and tucking away, buying land. You know, stuff like that. Um, 
and then you know fast forward we just we just put pour into our people like our, our student athletes and just teaching them things that we wished we had known at that time at that particular time in their life and uh they pick up on it and so we have like i said high school guys college guys and nfl guys they all training side by side because we also have the latini boppers which is like third and stuff like that but they don't know who I am. So the third graders watch the high schoolers. The high schoolers watch the college. The college right. watch the NFL guys. And the NFL guys remember us when we played. So it's a trickle-down effect, which it, it works really good for us. Really, really good for us. So definitely proud of what we're doing. And we have, uh, like, upwards of 300 clients now. And it's looking to get into the thousands. And that's a big, big announcement in uh, Indiana that it's not ready to be released yet. So. Gotcha. We come, we come for the number one spot. <laughs> That's what's up. Yeah. Um, this, here's a, my next question is just kind of a, an easygoing question that I usually ask just about any Colts uh, player, former or current, that, that come on the show. Uh, but I'm going to make it a two-parter. The first part is, what is your favorite go-to comfort food? Ooh. Uh, Go-to? Go that means I can get it anywhere chicken wings. Wings, wings. <laughs> you know, me being from Atlanta, yeah. Uh, man, that's the that's the wing capital of the world. Uh, yeah, I said it. Wings and fries, wings and fries with ranch and uh, you know, some 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 half lemon pepper, <laughs> half uh, honey barbecue. So. All right. And the second part of that question is uh, now that you're you know permanently here in Indy, uh, I'm just curious uh, for guys that are coming in, visiting new guys coming. Uh, from from out of state, I'm sure you you know where all the good restaurants are. What is your favorite restaurant in in the town that you would uh, suggest to other people? Oh, my favorite. Well, got to start and stop with because Indianapolis is known for steakhouses, and uh, my favorite is is Tony's. It's downtown. But I remember my days when uh, you know, Rock. He he remembered those Thursday night dinners. We used to kind of. Pick it, yep. Bounce man, around. We go to go to different spots, man. So you got Ruth Chris, you got St. Elmo's, you got Tony's, you got Sullivan's, you got all these yeah. different restaurants. Uh, each one brings a different flavor, but uh, just a vibe and just like I said, going back to that locker room dynamic and uh, just just enjoying each other's company, man. Talking about things outside of football, life. You know, say how you doing, man? What you think about this? What you think about that? And if anybody need to get checked, that's the time to check them. <laughs> hey, that's what I was gonna say before we before we get off, man. Like Rob really meant a lot in my career and get me started. I was blessed to get drafted in '09 with a bunch of just great veterans like himself, Reggie Wayne, uh, Free Twan, Gary Brackett, you know, Peyton, that that whole crew, Dallas Clark. Um, and just to watch how them guys went to work every day, like it helped me have a long, you know, my longevity that I had in uh, my NFL career because what I learned from these guys within the first year of being with them, you know, it carried on with me for a long time because when Rob mentioned them Thursday night, it was leadership dinner. I remember the first year, my rookie year, I used to hate on them all the time. Like, man, y'all always going – 
you know, restaurants, man. I, I, I consider myself a leader, but, you know, they used to have they used to make me have to earn my stripes. And uh, by the time I got to my second, third year, I forget what year it was, they started inviting me to the dinners. It did really make me feel like, you know, one of them guys. So, man, I, I really contribute my concept, my success uh, to Rob and that whole that whole group. Before you get off, Rob, though, because I know you like to talk. You like to talk your talk. Best best two the the top two hardest offensive tackles that you had to face in your entire career like somebody that i would say you know you might get them one game the next game they might get you type thing like you give them they respect and uh you knew what you was up against every time you played them man that's that's kind of that's a very easy question uh right tackle willie anderson mm. uh started with the Bengals. And then he played with the uh, Ravens. Wore down. Uh, yeah. And then left tackle, Walter Jones, Seattle Seahawks. He's actually from Huntsville. That's how I was saying. He's from the crib, too. Yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. So these are the two guys, right side, left side. They were, you got to bring your lunch pail. This is, they, you're not, they're not going to let you do what you want to do. So you got to go in the bag of tricks a little bit. So those are the two guys that kind of gave Dwight and myself issues. So we had to really kind of, Dig, dig in the crates a little bit just to have a successful day against those guys. Like, so Gerard talks about how you and a bunch of other guys on the team when he was drafted and brought in kind of mentored him into, into being a professional NFL player. I'm curious, when you came into the league, was there a guy like that that kind of took you in and you learned from a little bit to, to make you the man that you are? Yeah, um, Edge, uh, defensive end Chad Brasky. He was very key to. Uh, he gave me a lot of advice and uh, instrumental in the, the off the field. Even like stuff like buy, don't 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 buy a cheap mattress. You got. I mean, it sounds simple yet it's profound. It's like this: what you're gonna. That's your rest. How important is rest? Mm-hmm. And uh, he told me those things. But you have other guys. Well, it's not Dwight and Raheem because we came in really, we're a year apart, so we kind of grew up together. But other guys was kind of like, hold on, who's these little young Thundercats coming in here? So we didn't get a whole lot of good advice, sound advice from them. But I would say Chad Brasky was one that really gave us really, really good advice. Tariq Glenn, Jeff Saturday as well. So, um, and of course, I used to watch Marvin Harrison, how he, how how professional he was because he, I think he should trademark this. It's like, look. They pay me for Monday through Saturday. Sunday's up yep. free. And that taught you, like, look, the importance of practice and preparation and uh, just knowing, just being a professional. And now we, we got a little term that we say gridiron gang, being a technician about your technique. And that came from me watching uh, Marvin Harrison, then watching how Reggie Wayne uh, do it. Then you got Peyton and Jeff and all these professional guys. And so, and Dwight, me and him just, just, having that silent competition but at the same time we, we each other's biggest uh cheerleader it was a it, it was it was a lot of room for success and there was no room for bullshitting when it comes to uh that locker room so i really appreciated my time there i learned a lot and i just look forward to uh, paying it forward man awesome. the dude the dudes him man lawrence him and rob my rookie year this will be my last little quick story we'll let you go so I had two little moments with Rob and Free during the course of a game. So I come in, uh, drafted third round. Uh, Larry Coyer was our defensive coordinator. Rest in peace, Larry. He just passed, uh, I want to say, about a month ago or so. 
and uh, Larry's giving me a hard time as a rookie. I'm talking about I couldn't even walk straight without him critiquing me, just being on me. And uh, But I didn't know how it worked to where it was just like, man, if a coach is on you, like that means he really likes you or, or, or whatever the case may be. So I end up uh, becoming a starter and all that. And I remember it was a certain play that I wanted Dwight Freeney to kind of crash down because he had me on the outside for help now because of the certain formation. And I remember I patted him on the butt to get him to move down. He literally, right before the snap, stood up, looked at me, and said, do not ever touch me a day day again in your life. You play off of me. So I'm basically out there just playing off of him. Fast forward, it may be like two or three games later, same similar situation with Rob. It's a third down play. I'm still trying to figure out these two guys on how they are mentally. Third down, I know that's their money down. You know, so it's third down play. I'm trying to get him to crash down. Boy looked at me and was gave me one of them looks. You know, you know, Rob got this intimidating, you know, look and stare about him until you crack that mode and then he the goofiest one in the in the room. You know, he gave me a look to to it was almost like, boy, if you mess up one of my sacks out here, I will kill you personally. You know, so um, you know, like it, it it was fun playing with guys like that, man, because you know what you know what you was gonna get. It made my job a lot easier as a DB. So I only had to cover for about two and a half seconds. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that, man. Yeah, yeah, man. But I appreciate you, man. Really appreciate you coming on and uh, being with us on the show, man. I'm going to definitely hit you up for another episode down the road. Right on, right on. Appreciate y'all having me, man. Absolutely. Well, this will be it for Believe in Colts edition with myself, Gerard Powers, and special guest Robert Mathis, brought to you by Bet Online. And until next time, as usual, go Colts. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.